there's a whole there's a whole body of literature around how nursing work is often invisible and so when we do for example test nursing interventions people sort of don't know what's in that black box that we're testing what what is it that is nursing that you're testing and so I, I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is to be really try and be very very explicit about exactly what is in that black box what is it that we're trying to do and then how that links um, to patient outcomes and so I think it's two things one is asking the important questions and then communicating it very clearly um, and sometimes adapting our language so that it does connect with the language of other people whether it be consumers whether mm. it be policy makers or whether it be medical colleagues. You've been listening to Professor of Nursing at Queensland University of Technology, Patsy Yates, talk about pathways for nurse-led research. You're listening to Cheers with Peers from the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4, who support the development of high-quality cancer research in primary care. Welcome to Cheers with Peers, a podcast from PC4 that helps researchers crack the code to succeed in primary care research. I'm Sabelle Sayer, a PhD student working on targeting bowel cancer screening in primary care. In today's episode, you'll hear from Professor Patsy Yates and Professor Ray Chan discuss nurse-led research. In 2017, a national survey in the UK found that 98% of nurses surveyed thought that nurse-led research was important to furthering best practice within the profession. So how do ECR nurses enter the field? Where do they go? How do they balance working clinically and research? Please excuse the sound quality of this podcast. It was recorded during a conference, so there may be some sound quality loss. Ray and Patsy, thank you very much for being with us today. So we're talking about research uh, nursing pathways today. So I wanted to ask you both, given that uh, there are relatively few research nurses in comparison to the number of clinical nurses there are, I wanted to ask you both how you found yourselves going along that pathway and were there any particular opportunities that you seized upon to, to get yourselves there? So, I mean, I remember... Um that when I was a young registered nurse working in an oncology ward and there was a particular medical oncologist who'd come into the ward and to sort of do rounds and I remember having this conversation with him on a couple of occasions about patients who were using complementary therapies or alternative therapies and he had a particular view about why patients did that and Mm. I I, um, remember we had this conversation about well wouldn't that be a really good research question to ask and I also, when I graduated from my training as, an, uh, as, a, as a nurse, I continued to do further study. So I sort of had become a little bit aware of research <laughs> methods. And, and, and it was really just some of those having a, a questioning mind, having those mm. opportunities where someone sort of said to me, oh, well, you know, what about we do this project together and, and taking advantage of that. And, and that was really the start. So I did my master's you know, supported by a really good team of people who were also passionate about that question and it sort of opened up so many doors for me and it got me on to my PhD, got me on to sort of linking and learning from other research teams and and here I am, you know, a couple of decades later with, um, you know, yeah, with a research career behind me. Mm. And so, Ray, was it similar for you or was it...? And this is quite early days too when I first became a registered nurse and this is probably around 15 15 years ago now and I remembered how I felt caring for four patients or six patients at a time and I certainly really, really enjoyed the clinical aspect of my role but I saw a lot of systems issues that I felt that I couldn't address in the single shift. 
So one day when I was having a little bit of free time, I started Googling QUT, started Googling my university and found a supervisor who would actually be willing to mentor me in gaining research skills. And so I enrolled into a master's by research course and there and then I started my research career. So on that topic of kind of mentoring and Patsy, I know you've worked with Ray for a long time yeah, as he's become yeah. more senior as well. So I wonder if you had any particular advice for nurses who might be thinking about moving into that, moving from clinical to working more in, in research. Yeah. Well, the one thing is that there's, uh, well, I suppose there's a couple of key critical elements of research. There's many different ways to be involved with research. So I think if you're thinking about having a research career, that there are certain things that are just elements of that which you really can't get away from and that is that you you do need to think about undertaking further education you know you're doing a master's and doing a PhD really just gives you the beginning research skills that you need so further education has got to be part of that but I think that to succeed in that education though you really do need to to think about your reasons for um, for wanting to do research so mm. research is not a necessarily an easy option it's it's uh, it's quite you know you've, you've got to be resilient you've got to be persistent and you have to be creative you have to be someone who's willing to think outside the square and to, to really be also think of think around how to overcome barriers so mm. education's part of that really being clear about what your interests and motives are and what drives you. And then I think the other critical element is really, um, and Ray talked before about the importance of mentors and the importance of being part of groups who are willing to support and mm. to share your passion and to show you the way through that and navigate through that difficult parts of, of, of developing a research career. That's great. You've brought me perfectly on to my next question. So I was going to ask, you were the president of the Cancer Nurses Society of Australia, and I know you've been involved in the Oncology Nursing Society in America. Um, so I wonder if what your thoughts are on how those sorts of groups like ONS, CNSA and PC, PC4 as well, how they can facilitate this sort of transition for nurses and, and make it so important and so important in so many ways. One is that being part of a professional network you have colleagues and friends who also share your passion for wanting to improve the, the quality of care that we provide so mm. you know I think being part of those networks is I just think of all the times that I've sat around in conversations with peers and, and in meetings about well how can we do this better and part of that is well then what's the evidence and what's the research mm. we need to do that so that's that's one thing. I think it's also so important into as a researcher to really understand how you might translate the findings of your research so having been part of a network as well means that you're you're really quite um, aware of what all the different channels are that you might be able to disseminate and facilitate uptake the different circumstances that your colleagues might be working in to be able to implement so you know I think being part of professional and, and the other thing about being part of professional networks of course too is that it helps you learn about what other people mm. are doing so most of my my strongest um, research collaborations have been through people I've met and I've known and I've sat on committees with through CNSA. Yeah, so and on that same point of translating the research back into the clinic, Ray, I wanted to ask you, and I know that you don't work clinically as a nurse anymore, but I'm sure there are a lot of nurses who would want to keep a foot in both camps. So I wonder if you've got any advice for, for nurses thinking about that. You definitely have witnessed more flexibility, more opportunities for people to be more fluid, I guess, in the portfolio in what they actually take on, how their positions are funded, for example, 
Although I'm not necessarily at the bedside taking on patient load, I'm definitely involved in clinical leadership and even providing care as part of my research trials. So I think over the past, I think, 10 years, I've, I've definitely seen and witnessed a lot more opportunities like scholarships, for example, and, and health administrators uh, or services administrators being a little bit more creative about how we support people uh, in pursuing a clinical research career. So I think there are definitely pathways out there that we are yet to continue to refine so that more people can benefit from those. I think my advice, I guess, to people who are clinicians who are thinking through how they can get supported to be involved in research, I would I would say to be very careful to think through the options out there, to talk to people who have gone through that before, to really look through the scholarship opportunities. We certainly have a number of students who have decided to study part-time, and Mm -hmm. so they do do their PhD or their master's over a longer period of time. But that is not necessarily a bad thing, because that does allow allow them to really take the time to really shape up their research. And for people who want to pursue a research career, it gives them a longer period of time to to build a track record so that they're competitive for schemes offered by NHMRC, for example. So there are definitely opportunities Mm. out there. Given the rich contribution that nurses make to cancer research and the benefits of research experience can add to their clinical work, how can we support more nurses to make the leap into research? Well, I think the first thing is that we've got to ask the important questions. So I think historically nursing research has um, often, people have sort of put it in a a group that it's not been so important, you know, and then we Mm. went through, when nurses first started to get in research, a lot of it was a lot of criticism that nurses sort of researched nurses and didn't really research issues that were important to patients and important to the health of our community. So I think that's the first thing. Mm. Make sure that what we're doing is going to make a difference. I think secondly then it's really about how we communicate that and this has been the struggle that I've had in my career is really um, and there's a whole there's a whole body of literature around how nursing work is often invisible and so when we do for example test nursing interventions people sort of don't know what's in that black box that we're testing what what is it that is nursing that you're testing and so I, I think one of the things that I've learned over the years is to be really try and be very very explicit about exactly Exactly what is in that black box, what is it that we're trying to do, and then how that links um, to patient outcomes. And so I think it's two things. One is asking the important questions and then communicating it very clearly. Um, and sometimes adapting our language so that it does connect with the language of other people, whether it be consumers, whether mm. it be policy makers, or whether it be medical colleagues. And I think from a perspective, it is very important that we remind ourselves as nurses that we are indeed experts in patient experiences and every single piece of research or every study that we do should be about patient outcomes and should be about patient experiences and I think it is very necessary for us to continue to remind ourselves that we are the experts of that and if we are the experts we definitely need to continue to generate more knowledge and apply those knowledge as well. And that's why we do see ourselves as key implementers, Mm. people who implement the evidence back into practice as well. So I I absolutely think that nurses are crucial and critical to that entire trajectory or continuum of translational research. And, And I think getting the message 
to the nurses, sharing that as much as possible as we can to the clinicians, I think could encourage people to tell them that they can make a mark through research. Fantastic. So thank you both very much for being with us today. The last question we ask all of our uh, interviewees is, are they listening to any other interesting podcasts at the moment? So Ray, you, you told me that you're not quite a podcast listener at the moment. Maybe we can convert you. Yes, after PC4 released their, um, <laughs> <laughs> their podcast. Yeah. You'll be on board. Yes. <laughs> Get you in. Well, like, you know, I, I, I listen to podcasts and I've, I'm starting to become a real fan because, like, it's just one of those things that, you know, so busy in a day, I don't get time, but I do try and get to the gym and I do try mm. and um, watch and I'd much rather listen to something that's interesting. So I, I tend to actually listen to a lot of just the ABC podcasts yeah. and the shows that I can't get to hear or listen to and, and it really Really, it passes the time at the gym just so well. Yeah. Um, and, and I learn and I keep up to date around so many things. And so, you know, podcasts, anything from, you know, issues to do with the environment, issues to do with healthcare, it's just such, there's just so much out there. What I've been listening to lately is another Melbourne University podcast called The Policy Shop, which is fantastic. It takes an in-depth look every week into a different issue. And so given this is Cheers with Piers, cheers to you guys. Cheers. Cheers. That was Professor Patsy Yates and Professor Ray Chan. Thank you for listening. Next time we talk to Professor David Weller about international collaboration. Thank you for listening to Cheers with Peers, produced by PC4. Do let us know what you think about this episode by emailing info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter where you'll find us at pc4tg. Don't forget to visit PC4's website, pc4tg.com.au.